You're listening to the Pucks and Nucks Podcast with Matt and Dan. But just to start things off here, um, the Bell Media shutdowns uh, on the radio stations across Canada, here in Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Hamilton, um, two of which have been changed to comedy radio, and one of which is about business. Um, obviously, Donnie and the Moj, uh, we sent out a tweet that day about how they're just synonymous with Vancouver and Vancouver sports and the Canucks. Um, their voices were heard on the way to school, work anywhere in between, so um, to hear how those guys went and the way they went um, is, the, is the real the real sad part, just to hear that, you know, you've had this job for years, decades, and, uh, you know, one day someone just tells you in a commercial break that, you know, you got to get all your stuff, and I believe the employees were told, you have to get out of there in like 30 minutes, get all your belongings, like as if it was a fire or a bomb threat. Um, so pretty disrespectful by them and, and, and a lot of, uh, logistic, logistical things with Bell Media that don't impress me or the general public. Um, but yeah, I guess it's, uh, it's because they lost the NHL rights, um, to the 650 and now those guys have no competition in the city. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, going back to the days of the team 1040 in elementary school going to school in the morning it was scott rintoul and i don't know who else was on the show but then coming home it was you know donnie and the moj um and like you said just to the moj just a voice when you think of sports radio in vancouver you know you, you go right to the moj and 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 for me like you said it, it's more the way they handled it than anything that was kind of disappointing um to just tell people like that hey you know you're done um with no notice and tell them pack up, get out of here. Uh, I think I think they could have handled that a lot better. And and another guy who lost his job too was uh, Dan O'Toole from uh, Jay and Dan. Uh, another guy you see on TV in the Sports Center, Jay and Dan is is iconic, right? It's, it's TSN's Tim and Sid, and and uh, and and yeah, so it's it's unfortunate, um, and and they're they're gonna be missed hearing their voices. I'm sure. The ones that want to continue um, will will find a, a job somewhere, uh, like the really good ones and, and like the Moj, if he chooses to continue with this, which I hope he does because, you know, he's always always good to listen to. I'm sure, you know, they will find something somewhere. But to do something like this, especially so close to Bell's Let's Talk Day, uh, their day where they support mental health and, and then to lay off all these people out of nowhere... I mean, I think that's one of the worst things for mental health is to be not have a job during a pandemic and and like, you know, you need to provide and and you don't have a job and and all of a sudden you get laid off. And and so, yeah, it was a pretty gutless move, in my opinion, on on behalf of Bell. Um, But hey, it's the way the cookie crumbles. And and like I said, I'm sure I'm sure most of these guys will will land on their feet. I think so as well. And, and, And the sports podcast industry is booming. Um, and you well, know, for, for, guys, for, for most people, <laughs> for most people, I mean, yeah, I mean, if these guys want to get on a, on a podcast and, and, and do their thing, then there's no one stopping them and they'd obviously get a good following. So, um, if they don't, if they don't land a radio gig, um, here, wherever else, um, I would think a podcast from Donnie and the Moj would be coming. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. Um, one thing time has told, though, is that the Canucks are struggling this year. Uh, 
8, 11, and 1, 17 points in 20 games, which is a league most, uh, 20 games played. Um, so we're just going to break this episode up into two parts. We're going to talk about the positives to start, and then we're going to talk about the negatives, all that's gone right with the season and all that's gone wrong. Um, so just to kick things off here, we're second in goals. we got 62 goals for Besser's having a great year. He's got 12 of those, uh, second in the league. Um, Hughes is holding his own on the blue line, uh, on the offensive blue line, I should say. Uh, tied for second in assists with 18 in the league, and then he leads the team in points and assists as well as defensemen in the entire league. Um, so obviously those are guys, those are two guys that are standouts and should be contributing um, Besser on the offensive side and Hughes on both ends of the ice. Um, so it, it's been a very good offensive start for those two kids. Yeah, and before we continue, let me just say that was a terrific segue into this whole topic that you did there when you switched <laughs> it up. That was that was phenomenal. That was I was like, wow, he just did that. But um, another uh, <laughs> another few things here that are <laughs> that are positives. Uh, uh, Niels Hoaglander. I mean, the kids just just a workhorse, and and they're uh, not like a workhorse in the fact that he doesn't have any skill either. Like, you know, sometimes you get those guys that are just, you know, the hard workers, not really skilled. But this kid's got skill, too, and he works. And and it's it's incredible to see. I mean, uh, I think it was Toronto. He had a shift where he was just going after the puck and, and working hard and getting in the corners and getting the battles. And, and then the puck popped out in front of the net, and he kind of batted it out of midair, too, and put it past. I think it was Toronto. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I was just like, wow, this kid's amazing. Even in his first game, too. Uh you know, he scored, and or, or maybe it was his second game, but it was that first stint against Edmonton there, and 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 you could see like he's just a, a hardworking kid. Um, but a couple more more things, you know, the faceoff circle, uh, we're still dominant there, eighth in the league with that, and our our penalty penalty kill percentage is not terrible. Uh, we're tenth in the league, uh, that eighty two point three percent with the PK. So uh, a few positives. Uh, there's there's a few things I'm sure we could go more in depth on. I don't know, Dan, if you'd wanna wanna start us off here on on going in depth on a few things. We've just kind of outlined a few points. Um, yeah, I mean some things that you don't see on the stat sheet. I think uh, Bo Horvat's having a good year. Um, his stats, it's not that his stats are terrible, um, but you know he's that he's that that bumper role on the power play. We've seen they had a nice goal against Calgary uh, a few nights ago. Um, and 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 throughout the year, I think he's. Uh, I think we're we're doing a good job of uh, clogging the lanes on D. We're blocking shots. You know, JT Miller and those guys. They love they love blocking shots. They live for that. Mott and Sutter on the penalty kill. They're doing a great job. Um, yeah, I, I I think that the top six is 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 good, not great. I think they're playing one way hockey right now. I don't think we're seeing a lot of. Uh, a defense out of them and we're going to talk about that in the in the in the later half of this episode but i mean like 62 goals for that's that's pretty incredible and i know the the canadian division is um is averaging actually i believe it's 6.34 goals for per game um combined so both teams which means if you were a betting man and the over under is always set at six or six and a half it would make more sense for you to bet the over every night. Statistically, you would win more than you'd lose. Um, but also, it means okay, what's going on here? Do we have are we a star-studded conference that just loves scoring goals? We have Besser, we have Pedersen. They go, we got Drysital and and McJesus over there. We got Kachuk and Gaudreau. We got Ugly Boy in Toronto. Uh, ugly we Boy. We got Ugly Boy and Marner and and whoever else and. 27 year old Joe Thornton or we got Tyler Toffoli like like what's going on is it is it unreal goal scoring or is it terrible goaltending because on our team we have evidence of both so is that the case for the whole division like I'm not sure yeah and before we go into that too like you mentioned Bo Horvat and we talked about Brock Besser too I mean Bo Horvat's a guy I remember when Jack Hughes got drafted, what, two years ago now? People were saying, oh, we should trade Bo Horvat for, to get Jack Hughes. We should trade Bo. I, I was never too much of a fan of that. I always thought that, you know, Bo's the kind of guy, not skill-wise you get once in a once in a generation, but, you know, like that real leader. And, and obviously he's a captain for the reason, for a reason. And, and, and there's a reason why he's still around. And he's a great player too. Like, you know, he's a great two-way player. Uh He's another guy that's just you know willing to to get dirty and and 
you know, get things done. And then Brock Besser, another guy who um, had a tough playoffs last year. Um, obviously, I've said it a few times. I've always kind of defended the guy because I love the guy. Um, he, he had a lot of, as far as I know, a few personal things going on in his life at the time too. So it's never easy to deal with that. Um, but for him to, you know, be second in goals um, is, is just amazing. And, and you know, when Matthews is up there, like, you know, obviously he's an elite goal scorer and, and Brock Besser's a goal scorer, but I wouldn't necessarily put him on the same elite level as Matthews. You know, he's up there, but he's not like, you know, greatest of all time, not saying Matthews is, um, but, you know, like Matthews is, is very highly regarded as a goal scorer, you know, and Brock Besser is is a great player um and to see him up there second in the league is is phenomenal for him especially after the playoffs he had last year you know it wasn't was not great for him at all yeah no it's good he's definitely found his feet again he had he forced the overtime on monday night um with a nice wrist shot and then he scored another beauty um wednesday night uh in calgary so uh, yeah, like you said, I'm happy to see he's found his stride, got got his feet under him, and uh, hopefully he keeps us up because uh, we could definitely uh, we could definitely be a threat in the offensive zone when when he stays healthy and, and guys are rolling. Um, but yeah, does that kind of wrap it up for positives? Little little on the smaller side than the negative side, but well, when you're when you're eight, eleven, and one, like you mentioned, there's there's very few positives to draw from, and when you're reaching for things like like we're still dominant in the faceoff circle, <laughs> I think that says a lot too. But uh, like like I said, like Niels Hoaglander's phenomenal. Uh, I I want to say you levies kind of found his way a little bit you know last night i know he he likes to throw his body around which is cool to see too um you know things just there's there's very few little things that we could pick at um but there's not really any any big things that i have that are massive standout positives to me that i can think of louis erickson has an assist louis erickson does and i was looking today too getting ready for this episode you know who else has an assist Braden holtby there we go. Yeah. Um, you know, goaltending hasn't been great, and we'll talk about that more in the negative side. But I don't think it's it's the biggest problem to this team. I think that they're still both very solid goaltenders, uh, and I, I think it's it's it's. I mean, typical goalie. It's the defenseman's fault <laughs> uh, coming from me. Um, but I I don't think that they're terrible. I think we could be in a lot worse of a situation with goaltending, uh, and we'll and I'll get more into that later on. Um, but yeah, like both both good guys you know they're they're solid they're they're making some pretty solid saves you know they're not they don't look shaky per se no i do we could definitely be in a worse situation yeah. um yeah and like we'll, having we'll a, on yeah let's move let's move on let's let's talk about it now so let's be real bank vancouver's um sixth place in a seven team division only ahead of ottawa um that's never a good thing I'm um, talking about goalies. Fifteen goalies have shutouts this year, and and neither of ours do. Um, but let's let's talk about the big concern. I think once again, I think we could be in a worse situation with this one. But Elias Pettersson, five goals in 19 games, leads the league post crossbars hit with seven. So he's getting his chances. He's not burying them. Um, really invisible to me honestly like when I think about I mean I haven't been able to watch every game because of work now but um you know when I am watching it seems to be the same things it's just sloppy turnovers okay who's gonna score the highlight real goal tonight is it gonna be Bo or is it gonna be Bess and then and then there's always a goal or two it's like I should have had that or this should have happened that should have happened right so I mean, usually last year in the playoffs, it's like, hey, let's get PD to Paco. Oh, wow, look at that play he made. He just tracked some guy down on the four check, made some play at the blue line, caused a turnover three or three on two the other way. Right, we'll score that. We'll score that three on two or that two on one, two times out of three. Um, and this year, that just doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, um, I think invisible is a good word. Um, I, another word I would use is is hesitant. Um, I notice on the power play, sometimes it does work out for him where he waits, 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 and then he shoots. But, I mean, the kid's got a rocket of a shot. Like, I would I would expect to see some more one-timers out of him. And, and 
you know, he's had a cut. There have been times where he's tried it and his stick is broken. And I think there's probably been at least like three or four or five times, maybe even where that's happened. Uh, but, you know, like, especially on the power play, when you're just sitting there with the puck waiting, 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 and then you shoot, it allows everybody, including the goalie, to come over and get in position. And, and then shots get blocked or or the goalie makes a save. And the shots that have gotten by the goalies have been perfect shots. So if you're going to wait like that, it's got to be a perfect shot every time. Whereas if he would just step fire away one-timers all the time, like, you know, he'd probably have a better better chance of scoring. And like you said, the post and crossbars don't help either. Um, it's it's a it's a real confidence hit when you're not scoring and you're, you're someone like him. But maybe it's, it's trying to do too much as well. Um, trying to get that highlight real goal, you know, like, trying to be the standout player you know when in reality sometimes it just takes one dirty one to squeak through the goalie's legs just barely to to score you know uh i i don't i don't necessarily and i think that actually might be one of the problems with the team too in general is everybody's looking for that highlight real play you know we get the the occasional dirty goal, but everybody's trying to, they're all, sometimes I feel like the team tries to do too much, if you get what I'm saying. No, and it's really evident on the power play, because there's, it's just the overpassing, um, the bad zone entries, it's just such a blow, because this, like, look at Quinn Hughes on the power play, he is incredible. Uh, Bowen in the bumper spot, like, I wouldn't want anyone else there, I wouldn't trade those players for anyone else. Bess in the OV spot, uh, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't trade those guys for anyone else in the league on the power play, why are we so inefficient? Why why are we 17.4% 20th in the league? Why? We're, we've shown that we can score goals. Quinn has goals from the point. Bo scored quite a few times in that bumper position. Besser's got a, a wicked wrist shot. He's found a stride. We just talked about that. Why are we 20th in the league in the on the power play? Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't understand. And and the entry is is brutal. And we've, we've harped on this since i think day one um it it just it doesn't make sense trying to skate through when they drop the puck when they skate up to the red line and drop the puck all the way down to the blue line or sometimes even the top of the uh, their own circles everybody just stops at the opposing blue line and then they just try and skate through everybody which doesn't work if if you're that you know if if guys are standing there you're not going to skate through anybody what they should be doing is one instead of dropping it back just go straight in you know get get going with speed or two if they are going to drop it back get the red get the the center line and dump the puck in and then go in with speed on on the the the, the four defenders who are stagnant at the blue line right the opposing defenders right it, it, it you can't skate through in a, a, a line of people it, it just doesn't it doesn't work it's like it's like in football when you know some someone misses a block the running back's not going to run through two linemen right it doesn't it doesn't work like that you know so um something needs to change and i've been saying this for i feel like ever, forever and and the power play itself once they set up and and you know get a good flow is is decent and and like you said at times it's it's too much passing too like i think you just need to shoot um start shooting more especially with guys like like you mentioned you know brock if when he's up you know the ov spot bow in the bumper roll quinn from the point pd from the other side right jt miller's i think is great in the corners getting the pucks out and, and setting things up right and JT Miller can play on on the side too. Like you know, Brock's good down low too. It 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 works. Like the power play, in theory, with all these people, it should work more. You think? But it's just it's like I said, it's just too much. I think trying to do too much and too much fancy stuff. You know? Yeah, and you know what? BX has talked about this on the panel. Um, and he said the best power play and best power play coach he's ever had is is in Vancouver, and. There's there's no fluke to that. Like we've had power play success in the past, and and if this guy's been around for, you know, a decade or whatever, like there's there's clearly he's doing something right, right. So, uh, you know what? Maybe maybe our our zone entries have just become too predictable. It's just like all right, let's just leave the first guy. We don't need to pressure him because he's just gonna drop it back to the guy in our own zone, and 
everyone's going to be stagnant and, and we're just going to have to take this guy on at face value and whatever. Why don't you do the same thing, but in the zone? Think about this, okay? You just, you, we don't have McJesus. We don't have, you know, some guy that quick that can just blow by people. I understand. Get JT Miller to sprint down the line into the corner and then just do the same drop pass, but do it from the goal line to the blue line. Because now you're in the zone, you're set up, and JT's in this spot, the D will be up in their spot, and, and we're ready to rock. And, like, how hard is that? You have to take on one guy, and then you drop it back. And it's not like that winger's going to, like, pressure the boards like that, because it'll be well out of position. The whole center lane will be opened up, right? Like, I don't understand how that's not uh, doable. At least, at least, like, two of five times, right? You can't do the drop back every time. Like, it's just so predictable. Like, throw a curveball here and there. Absolutely. And and I think that's that's part of it too is is predictability. Like if I'm I'm defending the team, like you said, I, okay, I see the Canucks are coming up. Okay, uh Bo Horvat or JT Miller or whoever it is, okay, he's gonna drop it back to Quinn Hughes. Okay, now we gotta take we're just gonna wait at the blue line and Quinn Hughes is gonna try and skate through everybody, right? And and it works occasionally, very very rarely, it works. But I think like you said, it, it needs more variety. And, and there need to be different ways. You know, get guys, even get guys moving crisscross along the blue line. Try and, you know, create speed entering the zone. So when that one guy comes up, it's not, okay, everybody stopped at the blue line. And it's like a kickoff in football. Okay, everybody go now, right? It's, you know, guys are already coming with speed, you know. Um, like, you know, get the guys to cross. And then they're coming in with speed. And they're there for support. They have the same speed that the guy rushing up the middle has. And it confuses defenders, too, because guys are crisscrossing. And they... And they get confused. So it, it needs variety, I think, is, is the problem. And I think that was a great point that you brought up. Yeah, and the, and the top six, like, like these are guys, like we just mentioned, these are guys we trust, and these are guys that should be scoring goals. But here, here's a stat. Let's, let's get away from the power play. Let's just talk about the top six as a unit. Here's a stat I read this morning on The Athletic. This, this time of year, so 19 goals against, uh, sorry, 19 games played, so that excludes Wednesday night's game. In five-on-five five play last year, the top six only allowed 16 goals against for a positive seven goal differential. This year, they have 32 goals against for a negative seven goal differential. So while they've, while they've scored two more goals at this point in the season than they did last year, they've allowed twice as much. So that's, that's a huge concern because that's a 14-goal swing in 19 games that's just under a, a goal a night that our top six our best players in the defensive end are statistically allowing than scoring um so that that's cause for concern because we've seen we can light up the net Besser's having a great year uh hughes is obviously killing it uh in the offensive zone uh, bo's having a year we've talked about this it's the defensive end, and it's, it's you don't expect your you don't when you talk about defense, right? You don't think about your wingers. You think about your centermen, but you don't think about your wingers. And it's clearly just a unit problem. Uh, we're last in goals against. We've allowed seventy-one goals on the year. We have a negative ten goal differential. We're averaging three point zero five goals against per game, which is fifteenth in the league, middle of the pack. Um, and I understand we're in a division that's scoring a lot more um, than than the American divisions. But holy crap, like, these are concerning numbers, and these are supposed to be your best guys, right? Like, uh, I, some of it comes down to goaltending. I, I understand both of our guys are below 900, but, I mean, something is not clicking. Yeah, and like you said, I wouldn't specifically pin it on goaltending or the centermen or the wingers or the defensemen. I think it's the group collectively. Um, I think as a whole watching the games like yeah we make score some nice goals but like calgary there were times last night's game like they just had us hemmed in our own zone and there were times they easily could have gone up i think it was i think it was only one or two nothing at the time they could have gone up three two two one you know even tie the game two two one one like there were times i'm thinking how have these guys not scored here because it was just relentless pressure and and our guys just look lost. And and that's and and I'm not talking just the top six. I'm talking like whoever was on the ice at the time. Like as a whole, the team defensively, especially up front, the forwards, and, and sometimes the defensemen too occasionally, like 
guys just lose themselves. Like they're just standing there looking like, like they're like a deer in headlights. And I, I've never seen such a such a thing from a, a team with such high, um, high skill. I guess you could say. You know, such an elite group of players. You know, because they're not a bad team. Like they're all good players, uh, for the most part, and and they're all guys that deserve to have their spots for the most part. But it's it's just they look lost. Like I, I I don't I don't know how to describe it other than a deer in headlights. It's 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 scary. And and as a goaltender, I mean, if I was to see that when I'm playing, I'm like holy shit like what what am i gonna do here you know and then and then so then it starts to affect the goaltending right and and then it's just it's just yeah it's just a group shutdown basically it it just everybody goes into like oh my god like panic mode in the defensive zone and and there were times last night when you know canucks would be hemmed in their own zone ice the puck and you know they come back they'd be tired uh, and then, and then you know, Holpe would have to make some kind of like ridiculous save on a one timer, hold on to the rebound to get these guys off the ice, right? So, it's like I said, when when you see things like that, you know, then goaltending takes a hit, and then that's when you start to see these numbers here, right? Because like I said, they're not bad goalies, and they're making decent saves, but you know, I could see being in that same position where your guys aren't there for you. You're kind of like oh my God, like you, you start to kind of not panic, but you kind of think like, what what's going on? And then you kind of lose yourself and then goals start going in. And then that's when you see these numbers, right? So it, it affects everybody. Yeah, and I mean, we one guy we've talked about a lot today is Quinn Hughes. And he's obviously having a, a great year in the offensive zone. He's leading, leading D-men in points and assists. One thing he's not doing though is uh, he's he's the league worst in twenty. Well, he's got twenty six goals against in five on five play. Now you pulled up the time on ice times for me. Thank you. Um, he's got about he's averaging about twenty two minutes a night, um, which is second on the team uh, behind Tyler Myers, which also blows my mind. Um, but so I understand he's playing a lot, and like we said. Goalies are both below 900, and also, like I mm-hmm. said, divisions averaging 6.39 goals per game. But he's he's 26 goals against on five and five is eight more than the next guy. The next guy's got 18. That's like is like I am I am all for Quinn Hughes being here for the long run, and I am all for him as being our our number one demon as he should. But is this statistic? cause for concern yeah and this is something i brought up to you and and perfect example he like uh, to me again just another guy that at times defensively just looks lost and and at times you're like what the hell is this guy doing like this is our like you look at him defensively sometimes like this is our future you know and, and like you i love the kid i think he's a phenomenal player um but at times, like last night's a perfect example, okay? Uh, Manjapane beats him round the outside, cuts right across the crease. God knows where Jordy Ben was. I I, I don't know what happened there. You were scoring goals, anyways. man. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, cuts across the crease, and then Quinn Hughes just stands there, like doesn't make an effort. So then he comes, he sends the puck back, back the way he came, and I think it went off Braden Holtby's stick or skate or something. And it ended up trickling in the net, and that's a puck. I mean, I've never played defense, but as a defense, like as a goalie, I would think you know, if a guy gets beat, he would do everything in his power to try and make up for that. And to see the puck trickle, you know, at least an effort would have been nice to go and knock the puck off the goal line because there was a possibility to do it. I know I sent you the clip this morning. Um, there was a chance to do that, and he got beat, and he just stood there, and he just kind of again, I've said it about five times but at deer and headlights. And and this is something I, I've noticed for a while, and I know I brought it to your attention a couple weeks ago, and you said, oh, well, he's, he's the ice time. At the time, I think he was, he had, what, 15 points, and he was minus 10, I think he was at the time. 
now he's got 20 points or 18 points. Yeah, 20 points and, and he's minus 12. And then you said, you know, oh, well, he's leading the team in ice time, but he wasn't. He was third at the time. Now he's second. And you look at a guy like Tyler Myers. Quinn Hughes is getting so much more power play time than Tyler Myers. I know power play goals don't affect plus minus. But, you know, it's not like he's blowing these guys out of the water in ice time and he's tired, right? He's he's second in the team. Nate Schmidt's third. And Nate Schmidt's less than a minute off of him. That's, what, one shift, right? So it's it's worrying i would say and it's not get rid of him worrying because like i said i love the kid and i think he's a he's a great talent and i think as time goes on i'm sure maybe he'll figure it out but as a defenseman like it's great he gets all these points but as a defenseman your number one priority is defense and when he's struggling in that category um it is at, at times and like i said at times he looks lost that's what's worrying for me yeah, and let's not, I don't want people to think we're crazy here, okay? Quinn Hughes is our best defenseman, and let's not get that twisted. It's just, uh, there's been a few plays recently where you would think that last year Quinn Hughes wouldn't make that, make that mistake, make that read. But don't get me wrong, there's, I can't even name it ex- exactly. There's one point in the game, Myers is getting chased into the corner, and we got a D-man on the other side, and all you have to do in that play, when you're getting pressured in your own end behind the net, is you boards boards you've been taught that by parents in in minor hockey just the boards are your best friend and he thinks this read is to go put it up the middle and he almost caused a goal against and I, I don't remember exactly what game it is it was one of these in the Calgary series um but like Quinn Hughes would I know Quinn Hughes would never think to throw the puck up the middle in that in that in that uh, scenario and it's things like that so he while he has this terrible statistic of 26 goals against uh, five on five this year there's statistics like that where okay he trips and falls recovers doesn't panic recovers gets the puck slows it down and they say all right let's move it let's get a change and it's little things like that you'll you'll start to notice in his game where he'll be pressured in the in his own end and how calm he is with the puck when he's when someone's forechecking him or when he's in the corner and he knows he's about to get hit or like he's just so smooth in those scenarios that I know Tyler Myers wouldn't be. I know young guys like Chatfield and Uelevi wouldn't be that comfortable. Edler would be because he has two emotions um, and they're both a still face. Um, but but like those are the things that you you pay this guy money for is when you're in your own end you don't make stupid mistakes and you're comfortable with the puck and you're a lead on the power play so I know we're talking about negatives um, but I just I saw where the Quinn Hughes conversation was going I don't want people to think we're crazy the kid is still incredible yes um, but yeah I just wanted to get that out there yeah and and I I'll just throw another two cents in there quickly but like like Dan said like there's He's not the only problem. Like, don't get me wrong. It's it's a team problem. It's, like I mentioned, it's it's up and down the lineup defensively. Everybody looks lost. But my, my thing is, you know, at times his positioning is a little bit off. And, and to be, you know, a top-level top, top level guy, you know, it, it's, it's something, you know, he's got to learn to fix, right? Um, but like Dan said, you know, terrific talent and... And I still want to see where he goes with his career. Like, I, I am still excited. Kid's a beauty. Uh, and it might just be a lack of confidence in the rest of the team. Like, everybody else is kind of like, like, what the hell? Like, you know, nobody really is trusting each other and, and everything. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's, it's a team problem, but... I, we just thought we saw these numbers and, and we should bring this to the attention of anyone who's listening because it is something that people need to realize um, and something that hopefully very soon he can fix. Um, but terrific talent offensively and, and with the puck in his own zone, he's he's great too. It's just the, the positioning and it, and it goes up and down the lineup. The positioning at times is like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, it, it looks like, Again, a deer in headlights from everybody. Yeah, and um, yeah, now we've talked about um, our top six. We've talked about our defense. Um, what's left here is uh, is our goalies. Um, so we've mentioned a couple times now. They're both below 900, and they both have losing records. 
Um, we're allowing 3.6 goals against the night, which is 30th in the league, and the most of goals against was 72. Um, that being said, we're spending a lot of time on the PK, which isn't great um, as well. PK. Oh, no, sorry. Sorry, I'm. that's not correct. Um, we're spending a lot of time on the PK because we're 30th in the league uh, in penalty minutes. We're averaging 11.3 a night, um, which outside of Wednesday we were dead last. So um, that's that's not going to help when you got guys in shooting lanes and the team has an extra man on you. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be an NHL goalie, like 900 is obviously the goal. You got to stop. You got to. You you can only let one in every 10 pucks past you. Um, at, at minimum, so these guys they're gonna need to pick it up because Jim Benning looks like a bit of an idiot um, Letting Markstrom go. I know he wanted this big contract. And he was 30 and he was injured in the playoffs I get it, but you know what? He's got one shout out against us this year two on the entire year He's got four wins and he's a, he's got a nine five two save percentage, which is pretty incredible considering um that Calgary team isn't elite, and considering how many goals are being scored, there's 364 goals for as of Wednesday uh, in this in North Division. So, I mean, and and Toffoli too. I'm getting a little off topic here, but Toffoli eight goals, three assists, and five games versus Vancouver, right? But here we are. We got Jake for ten and one one point fifteen games. We got Jake. It's all good. So, that's my two cents on Jim Benny. Um, yeah, we've both said that. We thought after the playoffs that was it for Jake Vertanen. Uh, I think we both agree that we thought once he was scratched um, that last time, like that was it. No more Canucks jersey for Jake Vertanen. Uh, and then to re-sign him over a guy like Toffoli who wanted to stay, would have taken a, a hometown discount too, loved it here. And to put up those numbers against us is is disappointing, especially after everything that Jim Benning gave up to get Tyler Toffoli in the first place. Um, with the Markstrom thing, uh, he's playing great now. He'll play great next year, maybe the year after that. But the, the six-year deal is what is what killed me. You know, I, I love the guy, but I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have him around for another six years. Um, I think it would just be too much of a liability. And towards the end, especially, it would be more of a liability than an asset. Um, so... Not not too choked up on the fact that we lost on Markey. Um, but yeah, Jim Benning, a guy f- who has been notorious for signing shitty deals, or in this case, not signing deals that he should have signed with Toffoli, um, and then signing Jake Vertanen, who is just... There's no other way to put it than useless. Um, he's just filtering oxygen at this point, really. Uh, as Dan likes to say, um, but it's yeah he's he's drafted well to give Jim Benning credit he has drafted well, uh, but much other than that not really and I know there was that whole speculation Canucks put something on their website that Jim Benning was fired or something and then I heard from somebody Mike Gillis was coming back like I I <laughs> I don't know I don't know. Maybe we do need a Mike Gillis type, someone who can sign good players and build a good team, you know, because Jim Benning took care of the drafting. Maybe now we need someone someone to sign some guys and get good deals with guys, but I don't know. It's just, it's a problem up and down the lineup, like I said, and, and I think outside of, or off the ice too is a problem. And, and I'll pose a question to you is, is who do you think is, is to blame here outside of the team itself? Like, do you go... Travis, Jim Benning, uh, the the Aquilinis. Do you go as far as the Aquilinis? Like, are they are they the problem? <laughs> you know, because they're the ones. Uh, the, from what I understand, is they pressure Jim Benning to sign Louis Erickson to that big of a deal, right? Like that was their signing, really. And I'm not a fan of the ownership of this team. I don't think many people are. Um. But yeah, like, wh- who is it for you? Like, is it? Is it the uh, the scout that they let go in, what was his name? Judd, was it Judd, Judd Brackett? Brackett. Was, yeah, was, is, it, is he the one to blame? Like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> like, who's, think who's, who's, who's to you, to you, like, who's, who's, like, has Travis lost the room? Like, is... No, you know what? I mean, I'm not there, but I don't think Travis has lost the room. I mean, um, 
we went on that seven-game losing streak, and Travis says, you know what, we're not showing up in suits. We're showing up casual. Work boots. Um, yeah, we're showing up in our work boots. We need to we need to change things up. We need to change the pattern. And I like that because I think a lot of old heads wouldn't, wouldn't want to change their routine in that sense or think, oh, you know what, it has anything to do with us losing is how we show up to the the arena. And, yeah, I mean, sure, it sounds stupid, right? Oh, we're losing seven games in a row. We're not going to show up in suits. Right, but sometimes you just need a change, and when you need a change, you need it bad, and like we're seven games in the hole. Like, what? What is there? Like, you know what I mean? Like, how am I trying to say this? Like, you need something's not working, right? Like, something's got to change, and whether it goes into your schematics, your lineup, he shuffled the lineup quite a bit this series. Brought up guys, Chatfield, Ulevi, Justin Bailey, got some time. Uh, Louis Erickson off the off the taxi squad. So we've had our lineup changes because these this season can get fatiguing when you're playing the same team over and over again, especially when you're playing like Toronto or Montreal, you're getting your ass kicked over and over again. You need a bit of a change. So I don't think Travis has lost the room. I think he's doing a great job. I think it was evident last year in the playoffs um, and our record that, that, that Travis is our guy. And, and I don't think there's any reason to change that. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think Jim Benning is 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 um is a little bit to blame for this. I mean, he still assembled a very good roster, a, a very good top six. Um, the bottom six is brutal though, and um, yeah, goaltending short term, not a great scenario. But once again, we could be in a worse position. Um, so honestly, I don't think a lot of this in the front office. He's given us. This is a playoff team. This is a roster. You look at it on paper. These guys should be making the playoffs nine times out of ten. Um, we lost to Foley. We lost Markstrom. We lost Levo. Big whoop. We still have Pedersen. We still have Besser. We still have Quinn Hughes. We Demko's brought in Nate a, Schmidt. Demko's proven himself as a solid goaltender. Yeah, like, I don't, I mean, Jim Benny might be a bit of a blame for this, but I think the guys just got to pull their heads out of their asses and, and clean this up. We got 36 games left on the year. That's more than half the season, so there's easily room for a turnaround here. We're in Winnipeg tonight. Or sorry, we're hosting Winnipeg tonight. But yeah, I, I think Jim Bennings gets a blame for a bit, not all. Um, but I think most of it's on the guys, man. They're, they're giving a lot, and they got to go out there and, and, and play. That's, that's all it comes down to. Yeah, I, I'm glad we're on the same page with Travis. Um and like you said, Jim Baines assembled a good team, partially to blame some of the signings, right? Tyler Myers probably could have been better. As much as I love the guy and I love watching him play because he just cracks me up uh, with his visor and his chin strap. Roussel, like that's another contract that's not great. Um, Sutter, another guy, right? It's 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 the it's it's a problem we've talked about for a while. It's the bottom six, right? Resigning Jake probably was not a good idea. I I don't know. We both thought it was it was done for Jake, but I mean, here we are. These are the cards you dealt, and at the end of the day, right? It just comes down to the guys, and and they gotta just work with it and 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 get through this. It, it might just be a little bit of a slump, like you said, more than half the season left. I mean, who knows? It, it's Still early days. Um, anything can happen, as 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 we've seen before in this crazy sport. Uh, anything can happen, and and especially even if you look outside of the sport. Last year, I mean, it's a crazy year. Last year, just in general, I mean, who knows? I mean, Dan broke a hundred at a golf course. Like, who would have thought that would have ever happened? You know, like crazy. It's a crazy year. So yeah. it's crazy. It's a crazy world you live in. Nothing. You, you never know what's going to happen. And speaking of not knowing, I don't know, can I segue into what happened to me yesterday? Is that, are we yeah, done no, with I was this? Just, I was just going to say, I think we're done the season summary here. So I'll just, I think there's a couple things you want to talk about before we end yes. off here. There are two things I'd like to talk about. So I will be talking for a while. So grab your coffee, your tea, your hot cocoa or whatever you want, you're drinking. Coffee and, with Bailey's. And yes. Pink Whitney, whatever you want to drink. Um, and it's story time with Matt. So um, anyone who knows me very well uh, or knows me a little bit or follows me on Instagram or anything knows I love Formula One. Um, I'm a huge 
Ferrari fan, being Italian, there's not really another team you can cheer for than Ferrari. Um, it's a little tough right now. It's kind of like being a Canucks fan, actually. It's, they're in a tough spot, too. Um, so anyways, I went to a race in 2019. I went to Montreal. It was my graduation present. Went to a race with my dad. It was awesome. Um, it was kind of new into Formula One at the time. And right away, the, the one driver that stood out to me was, uh, was a gentleman by the name of uh, Sebastian Vettel. Uh, German guy, uh, great driver. Um, and anyways, so this guy's not on social media. He's not on. He can't. You can't reach him unless you at one send him an email or two write him an actual letter, like handwrite, send it in the mail with a stamp. So I'm like, ah, you know, I never write letters. I'm gonna I'm gonna write this guy a letter. So I just basically explain, you know, who I am. You know, I'm new to Formula One. I said, and and I went to the race, and right away when I saw him qualify first for the race. I went right away and bought one of his Ferrari hats, got his number on it, and and I sent him, you know, he's he's no longer with Ferrari anymore. There's a whole problem with that. Um, but anyways, um, so he's going to that team. I said, you know, although I'm a Ferrari fan and I always will be, I uh, wish you the best with your new team, yada, yada, yada. I attached, a, I sent him a picture that I took in Montreal of him. It's a pretty cool picture, actually. Um, one of my favorite pictures, I said, I took this picture, you know, you're not going to find it anywhere because I'm the one that took it. And I think it's a really cool picture. I wasn't expecting anything back. Uh, and yesterday in the mail, uh, my dad, I was working on an assignment. My dad comes downstairs. like, Hey, you got mail. He gives me the thing. It's this, from Switzerland, which is where this guy lives. Uh, I open it up. Uh, it was a, a driver card. So kind of like a hockey card, but like bigger. And it's just a picture of the driver. And he had signed that. And then he also sent back the photo that I sent him autograph, which I thought was really cool because, you know, the driver cards, they just kind of sign a whole bunch at once and just kind of stuff them and hand them out. Right. But, you know, he took the time and he signed the photo. He didn't write anything back. It's whatever. He's a busy guy. But I thought that was something that was really, really cool. And like I said, I wasn't expecting anything back. I was actually just expecting him just to hold on to the photo and, and, and keep the letter or whatnot. But I, yeah, I got that yesterday or Wednesday when this comes out on Friday. So on Wednesday, and, and I thought it was really cool. I thought that was something that I should share. And, yeah, I don't know if Dan wants to comment on anything or if he wants me to move on to my next. Um, no, it's very cool, and uh, we talked about it yesterday. Um, I'm not a Formula One guy, but, I mean, and if I, I just compare it to if I, you know, got um, something from Russell Wilson or, you know, uh, uh, yeah, like Ray Lewis, someone someone big up there in, in their sport and – uh, yeah, I mean, I can't compare, but it, it's, it, I mean, I can't, sorry. I don't understand, but I can compare, and it's very cool um, to hear, uh, especially all the way out there in, like, Switzerland. That's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, yeah, dig into the next one, though. Yes, so the next thing is um, a month ago, maybe not even a month ago, Brock Besser uh, put on his Instagram story a song. And I don't know if Dan wants to make it the outro song because it's a pretty chill song. It's a good one. Um, it's called it's called Hypnotized. It's not Hypnotized by uh, Notorious B.I.G. It's by uh, someone else. But anyways, so I, I see the story. I'm like, oh, this guy's you know he's pretty good at hockey. Beauty of a kid too. Um, wonder what he's listening to, right? So I'm like, I was doing some stuff at the time. Like, hey, I'll listen. I'll check this out later. And so then a uh, friend of the show, Mitchell Wilson, we have a group chat. Me, him, and Dan. And, uh, and he goes, Hey, did you guys, he sends, uh, he sends in Brock Bester's, he sends in Brock Bester's story and says, Hey, did you guys listen to this song? Like, it's actually really good. So I'm like, no, I haven't, but I've been meaning to today. And so I, I was sitting in bed, I'd listened to it. I'm like, shit, this is really good. So I looked at the story again. I was able to pick up that he was using Spotify just by the way it was laid out. It was quite obvious. And so I look up Brock Bester on Spotify. And I find his profile and I find this playlist. He's got this playlist. It's called Relax. And like, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's it's not really music. Like, there's some songs that that I've heard of. Like, there's some Coldplay in there. There's some a little bit of U2. But there's a bunch of other songs. Like, this song, it's called, it's called Hypnotized by Purple Disco Machine and Sophie and something. I don't know. Anyways, there's a bunch of songs like that that you would never, you'd see them and you think, ah, whatever, right? But I'm like, ah, it's, it's Brock Besser. Like, he's got to be doing something right if he's second in the league in goals i think he was leading at the time and i'm like oh, i'll give it a listen so i started listening to that and i listened to a few songs I'm like damn this is really good and so now like i like 
always have this playlist on pretty much um especially when i'm doing work like it's nice to listen to when you're doing work it's not like like crazy like hardcore rock and roll like you know rap it's not like you know it's not like something that's like getting you fired up it's not something you'd listen to before you would go do something crazy um but it's nice music just to listen to it's it's really chill and it's nice it's, it's something like i said I wouldn't ever think to listen to this kind of music, uh, like some of these songs. Um, but it's, yeah, they're awesome. It's a great playlist. He did a great job. I have to tune in myself. Why don't you take it upon yourself, though, just to just to take just to take over this episode and uh, and wrap things up here, if you, if you want. Um. Okay. Well, I mean, we're both busy with school, so I I can't necessarily say when we'll be back, but when we we are back. We will probably have another big episode, a longer one like this. Um, who knows when that'll be, but hopefully when we are back, um, the Canucks are, are doing better than they are now, and hopefully that they've found some success. And as I always say, um, remember, check out our social media. We occasionally throw in like a poll on Twitter or uh, you know on our Instagram stories. So if you ever, you know, if you ever check us out on social media, give us a follow look out for something like that um because we just kind of throw things out there out of the blue so yeah um that's it for me and that's it from dan and we'll see you next time feel buried alive this city is tight. suffocating lonely in the crowd i'm surrounded by all the screens of their lives Hey!